welcome to Podcast Unlock number 30, The Phantom Menace. My name is Stephen Hopper. I am your host. Shopper. Shopper. Joining me today are Peter Eichmann's editor. Hello. And Casey Lynch, beard in chief. We are Master Down. We are Master Down. Love that song. I'm actually wearing my Mastodon jacket today. I'm very proud of that. It's a little little nippy. <laughs> little nippy in the bay this morning, eh? It's a little nippy. That's skoosh. It's All cold. Right. <laughs> anyway, how are you guys doing today? Fantastically. Yeah? Fantastically good. I'm really great. Yeah. Um, been, uh, cool. been playing some Batman, so I'm stoked. We're in the middle of some big games I know coming we out. Are. I don't want to get ahead of ourselves. It's so only going to get right, better, right. too. We're right in the season, guys. But, <laughs> but we're really good. How are you, Steven? I'm doing great, man. Doing real good. You know, uh, a lot of great games coming out to play. Yeah. No time, though. No time. Balance. And that's, that's the worst part. Like, it, it's all, this great, all this great shit coming out and just no time for it. So, so what are we talking about today and why, why is it called The Phantom Menace? Today. Why is it called The Phantom Menace? I don't know. I Does that mean like, it's... It's not really called that. A I remake of like episode that. three of this podcast, only worse, with lots of CG. No, that means we're going to have a <sighs> floppy space duck with a, a really offensive Jamaican accent. <laughs> Miss and, and ruin this entire podcast <laughs> any oh, moment dear. now. Any moment now. Just keep an eye out for him. Today we're going to talk about Rocksmith, which just came out. A guitar learning tool slash game from the folks at Ubisoft. Uh, we're going to talk about Halo. Woo! following the ton of announcements that just hit earlier. What's a halo? What's a halo? I'm just kidding. I'm just, I I'm just trolling this podcast myself. <laughs> uh, we're going to talk about yo, some... Yo, 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 yo. Keep going, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> talk a little bit about Battlefield. And we're going to talk about the Devil May Cry um, high-definition collection. Speaking of Battlefield, you also announced. missed an important bat other game we're going to talk about. I was oh, just getting to that. Oh, man. Okay, and sorry, I cut you off. I didn't mean to. Holy interruption. And Batman. you're wearing a shirt with bats on it. Way to be. Yeah, this is actually a Batman shirt. See, there's I like Batman it. And his boy wonder. That's actually good. Lark. <laughs> or magpie. I think N that's right, right? Nightwing. What's his name? Yeah. No, Nightwing. He's not Nightwing yet. Shh, be quiet. Blue Jay. Don't. Spoilers. Dick Grayson. <laughs> okay, cool. So let's talk about it, guys. Let's go. Arkham Asylum. Played it? That Loved was it. It was, yeah. That was two years ago, though. Oh my God! You're right. <laughs> but yes, City. played it, oh, loved it. No! Oh, that's completely different. <laughs> I thought you were taking the long way around. Arkham Asylum. We're gonna start. We're gonna take it back for a second, guys. Well, let's talk a about A beat that by beat walkthrough. Arkham Asylum came out back in 2009. Correct. I loved that game. Very it was good. Incredible. The one beef that I had with it was that I spent way too much time in detective mode. Like, trying to find every little bit that I possibly could, looking for all the Riddler challenges mm -hmm. and all the Riddler trophies, all that extra little supplemental shit. I just spent the entire campaign going through. I almost feel like I missed something. I feel like I missed looking at the game and kind of appreciating it for what it was because I was always in that detective mode. Playing Arkham City, I spent probably about two or three hours with it uh, last night. I didn't have that same problem. I mean, I did utilize the detective mode quite a bit. Um, there were quite a thing, quite quite a lot of things that I was looking for, that I was able to find. But you know, the I I just kind of had a chance to actually sit back and marvel at the city that um, the guys were able to create. Like it was, it looked amazing. Now, 
you said that you had a beef with the game. I mean, isn't that more so how you chose to play Arkham Asylum? I mean, you don't it have is. to play the whole game in detective mode. You don't, but <laughs> I did. So maybe what That's... you should say is you had a beef with yourself and the way I you play. Self-beef. Am I speaking truth? He just psychologized Are you. Are these scoops of wisdom? I have piles being doled of self-beef. Self Steve, lay down on this couch. Tell us about your mother. You are a meat castle. Is it a, is it a beef couch? <laughs> That's the only way I'm going to lay down on it. I mean, City has just as many secrets and unlockables, if not more, right? Yes, it yeah. absolutely does. But so I, you've cured your own beef, yourself beef. I think there's you've kind of changed, more of you've grown. <laughs> but to your point, though, I think that there's something valid to be said for that. I, 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 there's a temptation, especially in this land that we live in that's dominated by achievements and by collectibles. And, you know, and that was so much fun in Arkham Asylum um, in City as well. Uh, I I have been very tempted to just sort of live in detective mode. I mean, it looks cool. It's yeah, it does. You know, and you can immediately see, you know, everything from you know cues to stuff that you should be looking for to the gargoyles and you know or wherever else you need to be firing your grapnel hook, um, which is such a weird name, like a <laughs> grapnel hook. It, which I when I the first time I saw that written, I thought it was actually misspelled. A typo, so, yeah. Yeah, grapnel. But, yeah. Anyways. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So. Yeah, so we played it a bunch last night. We so. did, and it, it was just a blast. I mean, it, it it was like a comfortable old shoe. It just felt right to be back in that universe again, to be, you know, interacting with Batman villains, to see, like, all those, you know, characters and being able to associate them with the comics and the lore. It, it just felt amazing. I can't wait to get back into it. It was so much fun. Yeah, and it feels like they've improved the combat. Not that there was much to improve upon, per se, in Arkham Asylum. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, the combat um, in Asylum felt great. It, yeah. it just feels like it's been moved to um, another level of fluidity. Plus, I think combined with um, just the graphics sort of update or little bump that it's been given, it just – it. It may not even be moving that much more smoothly, but it mm. looks like it is. And yeah. The the feel that you get, especially when you're bouncing between uh, enemies, you know, you, you hit somebody, then you flip over to this other guy, and then you <clears throat> break his leg, and then all of a sudden, you know, in a blink of an eye, it's it's a little bit like, you know, I, I felt like this with the first game too, like that the jumps that you would make in that Wolverine game that was kind of fun, but also I forget the name of it that came out with the movie. It's uh, X Men Origins Wolverine. There you go. Yeah. That, that game definitely had a lot of problems with it, but one of my favorite parts of that game was just jumping between enemies and just, you know... Yeah, that was, that was awesome. <clears throat> sinking your claws into them. So anyways, yeah. um, without giving away anything, uh, for those of you who haven't um, bought the game, the opening sequence is, uh, is amazing. I, it really is. I, yeah, it's fantastic. That's really all we can say about it. I mean... Yeah, we're not, we're not going to be Please don't dead. say more. I'm, um, I'm that 1% that doesn't own it. Yeah. So... Uh, Unlocked Peoples, uh, we will be doing a spoiler cast probably sometime within the next couple weeks. I'd like to because we're going to be moving on through so many different games. Um, I would like to talk about it in detail, but um, it just came out on Tuesday, so we're not going to be jerks. But the beginning is fantastic. The setup is great. Um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm eager to get into it more. So, Yeah. Me too. It's going to be simply amazing once you get simply into it. Simply the best. It already is simply amazing. So, yeah. Um, Let's talk about Rocksmith. You've played it a little bit. I have, yeah. What were your thoughts as a <coughs> guitarist, virtuoso? What? I don't know if I call myself <laughs> that. It's the only word I could think of. Start on expert. Yeah, I'm all right. It's, Move up uh, from there. My first question with it was it had nothing to do with the game. I was just curious to see how it behaved as an amp um, modeler, meaning, like, first of all, how easy is it for me to just plug my guitar into my Xbox 
pop the game in and open up an amp and just start playing. And it was surprisingly uh, pretty simple. Um, mm -hmm. Right from the first menu, you're able to just press X and you're given a selection of all sorts of preamps and uh, pedals and cabinets to choose from that you can dial in, you know, all sorts of crazy tones. Um, for you to be able to uh, save those, you have had you you will have need to unlock, um, yeah. you know, or unlock uh, pedals as you progress through the uh, the game. Mm -hmm. And I hadn't done any of that, so I, I could only sort of sample one at a time. But, but ideally, what you'd be able to do is take the unlocked tones and you know pedal mixes and whatever it is, and put together your own uh, your own sound, and then you can you know jam. So yeah, uh, and in that regard, it's an extremely customizable game. Uh, were you noticing any kind of issues with lag between? There was a um, when it when I first loaded it up, there was a little latency, okay. like a hair, and it felt a little bit like when uh, when GarageBand first launched. Mm -hmm. I remember fooling around with that, and I didn't have it set up correctly, and I think it was more like user error on my part. Yeah. But <laughs> there would be just the, the the slightest delay, which which messes with your head if you're you know playing an instrument where where you. You are striking the string, and then th there's that moment, you know, millisecond of delay uh, yeah, from when you hear the sound come out. So um, I think all things considered, from that perspective, it was really fun to be able to use my Xbox essentially as, um, you know, an amp and to play music out of my um, uh, out of my television. So. Yeah, it's extremely cool. Well, when you were playing though, and you experienced that 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 slight beat of latency, did you uh, were you connected via HDMI? I was, yeah. And now, okay. let, let me say, it was only at the very beginning. So when I actually mm -hmm. turned it on and I played, I only played one song. So, because right. uh, I just wanted to jam. And so I. I was it November Rain? Because that's a long song. No, it was the. Was it Freebird? No, it was. Um, it was the Red Hot Chili Pepper song. Which one is it? Higher Ground. The higher Ground, yeah. 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 And so. Uh, actually, a Stevie Wonder song. It's correct. It's a, uh, it's a Red Hot Chili Peppers cover. That's right. Get but right. It, uh, you know what? It's listed as Red Hot Chili Peppers. Shopper. Well, it is their version. So. But the interesting thing about it for uh, people who are interested in the game who uh, may or may not be uh, um, already you know, guitar players, it, it starts out really easy. Yeah. And it sort of scales up from there. And it, it can actually sort of track just basically based on how many notes you're hitting or missing, um, sort of what skill level you're at. And mm -hmm. it then sort of shifts. So as I played... Um, and I was sort of nailing all the parts, it increased in difficulty. And it's the actual presentation is very um, rock bandy. Yeah. Um, and if you played Rock Band 3 and you played Pro Mode, where uh, you had the notes streaming down, um, I feel like this makes a little more sense and it's not quite as. Um, I don't know. I, I always felt like Rock Band 3 uh, playing like bar chords. And extended mm -hmm. chords where you're using, you know, more than two fingers or more yeah. than a power chord were a little bit difficult to sort of uh, interpret from the, you know, the sort of weird tablature slash uh, note highway that was coming down at you. Yeah, and it was usually just kind of a, you know, collage of numbers and shit trying right. to explain to you which fret you were supposed to be on. And then harmonics, they, they did that thing where, based on where your fingers were on the guitar, it sort of had that little like light bridge that, that went over where your fingers were supposed to be to, to make it look like your, your fingers were under the hoop, so yeah, to speak. Right. And so I, I guess I feel like the, um, the, the presentation here has sort of learned from some of that stuff, and they've cleaned it up. It seems a little more simplified and seems to be a little bit more akin to uh, you know, what you're more familiar with, with like, say, Guitar Hero. Um, 
the screen isn't the screen's very easy to uh, to recognize what's going on and i found it pretty simple to play so yeah and instead of like a, a like a cohesive career mode um it does kind of separate you it, it's dynamic in the sense that it has you know a set number of songs it'll start you out on a pretty easy difficulty level and then gradually increase the difficulty oftentimes mid-song um but you know it'll it'll recommend to you like specific you know tutorials or learning experiences that you need to take as you go which i thought was you know a pretty cool feature but you know if you are the type of person who would find that sort of thing and that kind of gradual step forward to be too easy like if you're you know a really good guitar player um you can actually just go in and play individual songs and they have um each song kind of has a few different ways of playing it like you can do the you know single note or you can do you know up to chords okay which you know is extremely handy and pretty cool if you just want to jump right in and you know try to score some points by being awesome at the guitar so i mean it's a really fun game and you know from a from a, a technical standpoint it's done extremely well like much better than you know you'd even think um just trying to teach someone to play the guitar through a video game seems like a, a daunting task in and of itself but rocksmith does a really good job of that uh the one thing that i've kind of been taking issue with thus far um it seems kind of light on the rhythm game side of things and here's what i mean by that okay um it just feels like a very lonely experience whereas you know rock band and guitar hero um those are party games essentially like you would get a group of people together you know you'd have a few beers what and yeah a few beers <laughs> or or oduls non-alcoholic drinks whatever <laughs> thank you thank whatever you, you want or, for all the children out or there. root beers yeah, root beers. I mean, you could do that too. All the ten-year-olds drink O'Doul's. It's cool. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean it like that, kids. All right, keep going. Yeah. Um, whereas those kind of had a party vibe to them. I mean, you weren't really learning anything, but you were at least having a good time with your friends. It's really not that in in Rocksmith. It's very much. It's a very focused, meticulous experience where you're like, I'm going to sit down. And I'm going to learn how to play, you know, whatever song this is. I'm going to mm -hmm. learn how to play Satisfaction by the Stones. So it's more akin to, say, for instance, if somebody put out a version of Halo or Call of Duty, but it was really an actual, you know, like a shooting simulator or something, or something that's going to teach you how to shoot instead of you just running around shooting people. Kind of. I mean, yeah, like something that would actually simulate to, you know, an infinite degree. Um, that's probably a horrible analogy. I guess my, <laughs> my, my, my thought, though, is that, is that a bad thing? I mean, because people, no, when, they, no, I'm, I'm when, not... when you want to learn guitar, typically you do it, you know, either at home by yourself. Yeah, a lot you, of practicing, you know, self-practice. Nowadays, you can just go on YouTube, and there's so many, you know, people there just showing you how to play bar chords or how to play, you know, fill in the blank, whatever it might be. Or you take lessons. Um, or inevitably, if you uh, aren't a shy person, you start playing in a band or something like yeah. that. Well, no, I mean, I'm not saying that's a bad thing at all. And I mean, there are elements within Rocksmith that are very game-like. There's a there's a guitarcade, which has a bunch of unlockable mini games, where you, and they do teach you things like you can learn scales and stuff. And you can there's like a a zombie shooter where it'll <laughs> it'll yell out, you know. Wait, 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 wait back up. There's a zombie <laughs> yeah. shooter in Rocksmith. Yes. What? Um, it's called. Uh, I can't remember what it's called, but here's what it does. You play a chord. Or it, it yells out a chord, gives you, you know, the chord, and you have to perform it before the zombies get you. And when you <laughs> it's do, like, like typing of the dead for guitars. Yeah. It is. Oh, it my is. God, that's great. 
Is there any multiplayer aspect? There is. Okay. Um, oh, but wait a second. You just made it sound like it was just by yourself. No, 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 no. Don't get me wrong. Here. Hold the phone here, <laughs> unlocked. Whoa. Wait a minute, guys. Let's back up. No, it is uh, for one to two players. But what I'm getting at, though, is there's definitely a party feel to games like Guitar Hero yeah. and Rock Band that just seems to be not there for Rocksmith, hmm. All right. which is fine for what the game is. But I'm just saying that, you know, people who who are kind of anticipating that, because there's going to be inevitable comparisons to Rock Band and Guitar Hero for this game. Oh, I absolutely. Mean, there's like the first big, you know, music game, like huge scale AAA music game to come out since Rock Band 3. Now, let's say there's a, some kid out there who just has this gaping hole in their heart after Warriors of Rock oh. came out and then the series just went down. Um, who wants another guitar game? How is he going to feel when he picks up this? Or how is someone who tried to get into Power Gig, per se, going to react to this? Um, I think the Power Gig crowd will respond very favorably. I mean, it's closer to that, kind yeah. of. Well, I, Power I, Gig was a piece of flaming dog shit yeah <laughs> no I'll, I'll take it a step further i mean i think this does what power gig was trying to do and yeah. in a lot of ways i think it does a little more successfully what rock band 3's promo tried to do with guitar mm-hmm. um but for the person that's looking to you know have their necks through the fire and the flames fix from you know a guitar hero-esque type yeah. game mm-hmm. th- this is not the game because it's as far as i know it's not a game you're playing with a plastic controller you're playing with a real guitar correct yeah, so now for on the flip side, for people who like those types of games, it has that presentation with the Note Highway. Yeah. But I was just in Best mm-hmm. Buy the other day, and uh, it seems like a really interesting package to think about. For $199, you get a copy of the game, you get the MIDI cable, and then you get uh, a guitar. And so you know, I play guitar for years and years and years, and mm-hmm. um, you know, back in the day, and I think they still have these, they would have Fender or Gibson bundles that would cost $200, $250, and you'd get sort of an entry-level guitar, and you'd get a small um, uh, amplifier, and then you mm-hmm. know all the little things like a, uh, a, a, a strap and all that kind of sh- shit. But um, So now you can uh, get a decent Epiphone, which is sort of the entry-level Gibson brand, and... Uh, and a copy of the game for 200 bucks. So, you know, if you're thinking, hey, I want to learn how to play guitar, f- and for Christmas, I, or, you know, whatever holiday you celebrate at the end of the year, you want a gift, um, you could start a band and play real music and then sort of, nice. um, you know, play a game while you're doing it. And there's achievements. There are achievements. Achievements. So, pretty good ones. So, yeah. Oh, man, I, I turned on a console in the office the other day, and it, Instead of loading my profile off my memory unit, it loaded like an old saved one I had on there. Uh-huh. So all of a sudden I was like missing 5,000 gamer score. Ooh. I was like, whoa, Holy. whoa, whoa, wait a minute, wait a minute. <laughs> so I just reloaded and all was restored. Yay. <laughs> Though I dare say, uh, before I used to have my profile live on a memory stick, I lost half the Portal 2 achievements because I did it offline at home, recovered my profile at the office, and it eventually erased what I had done offline. Oh, That's geez. why you shouldn't operate off of a memory stick. But anyways. <laughs> no, like this was before the memory stick. I, uh, memory stick is the lifesaver because you never have to recover your profile, which takes way too long. I know. Um, okay, so, so let's, uh, let's talk Halo. Well, first off, one more thing. Oh, on sorry. Um, you guys may be wondering why we're talking about it so much when IGN doesn't have a review up yet. Oh, yeah, what is point. the deal yeah, with what's that? what's going on? Um, I am actually handling the review. And I have a funny, <laughs> I have a funny story about that. Can I tell it? You may. <laughs> okay. Go for it. So, um, as you know, iGen's international site, we've got offices in London and uh, in Australia. 
And so we'd originally arranged to have uh, Tristan uh, down under. Uh, that's a horrible <laughs> accent. <laughs> um, but he's in Australia, and he's a guitar player. You may uh, recognize him from his uh, uh, Fade to Brown video, if you recall that um, Resistance 3 <laughs> video that we posted a, a little while back. But uh, and he wrote and performed that and played all the guitar and such. So, but he was really excited about Rocksmith. He wanted to do the review, and uh, Ubisoft actually sent a full bundle down to him with the guitar and everything. And it got caught in customs, mm. and it was caught for all, for the better part of two weeks. Oh, and geez. Yeah. We were trying to work with FedEx and the Australian. You know, we're trying to tell them, you know, guys, it's a guitar. It's got six strings. And it helps when you it's talk to them with the accent. You know what I found is when you call people in Australia and you try and talk like an Australian, you they just, love you it. get things done. They, they love just, that. You know what? they're really quiet it's not offensive that, at all and they speak in really short sentences so i <laughs> i take that as a sign of affection business just taking care of business so at any rate <laughs> that bundle is being sent back to us so unfortunately tristan didn't get to have his hands on it and steven heroically stepped into the fray and he uh, has been playing it non-stop even so much that he just played batman for the first time last night um so we should have a rocksmith review when i got this guys um by the end of this week Woo! Woo! Looking at Friday, guys. Come too. So yeah, so stay tuned on that. And if you haven't heard of the game, uh, check out IGN.com for a bunch of trailers on it. Uh, we've been trying to cover it. It hasn't been, you know, this huge game up there with Call of Duty or, or Batman, but we, we think it deserves your attention. And um, yeah. And it's the only the only music game like this that's coming out this year. I mean, think about how mm-hmm. much things have changed since 2005, 2006. Yeah. You know, we went as far to add a best music game category to our best ofs. Uh, and this year, not so much. Yeah, music games they they spiked and then they fell. So anyway, but now they're getting they're they're getting a little pro on us. They, with, they are. Well, you know what's interesting is now it's shifted back to dance. dance yeah, games dance are, is getting are big. Crazy, and not to get Gigantic. too uh, side rail here, but a lot, a lot of people like to dance. It's kind of crazy. Yeah. yeah, and dancing even if you don't. Even if you don't like going to clubs and dancing and shit. But who doesn't like to go to the club? I don't you know. know. Frankly. I mean, if you don't, you can just stand in place and dance in front of a camera in your <laughs> living room. Which I do. Duh. Like, not even connect. Just I'm dancing right now. I, I see that. I'm leaning forward. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's do it. All right, let's talk about Halo, Halo. news, guys. Hello. Hello. Uh, earlier this week, a ton... Of announcements from 343 Industries. Yeah. Correct. Did you want to... Yeah, sure. So so uh, last week as well was New York Comic Con. <clears throat> so 343 was out in force, and uh, they had a panel actually at the show on Saturday night, and uh, the news that came out of it was the confirmation that Hang 'em High indeed was coming to uh, Halo Anniversary. We first saw a very quick glimpse of the map uh, in an earlier trailer that we'd run. And uh, what's interesting is the Hang'em High map is a favorite from Combat Evolved, but it's already been remade once uh, for Halo 2. Uh, it came to us uh, in the Blastacular map pack, which was the very last map pack that came out for Halo 2, uh, right before the Halo 3 beta, in fact. And um, that came in the form of Tombstone, and that was also along with... Nice. Uh, I think the, the other map was uh, Desolation, and that was a, um, a remake of Derelict. Uh, at any rate, uh, people love this map. So um, we reached out to Max Hoberman, who's uh, one of the co-founders of Certain Affinity, which partner, has partnered uh, historically with Bungie to create um, uh, map content. And they, again, are uh, in charge of this 
map and others that uh, have been worked on for anniversary. And uh, we talked to him about um, you know making the map again. It's a remake of a remake. So uh, all that information is actually in an interview on IGN.com, so you should check that out. Check it. Check it. Uh, the other big news that came out was the first reveal of how Halo uh, will have Connect integration. And specifically, it sounds like there's going to be um, two ways that so far have been announced um, that you will be interacting via Connect with your Halos. And that will be with uh, your voice. Um, and you'll be able to yell at your, uh, your Connect and your <laughs> system and say, grenades and reload, I think. That's pretty much what they showed off so far, um, which is interesting if you think about it. So, it is. Um, because anytime you're playing a, a Twitch-based shooter, it, it, there's always sort of the economy of motion. And, you know, one, one thumb move to one button is a move that you can't make to another. So you're always, you know, thinking, okay, well, how can I maximize whatever it is I'm doing? So if all of a sudden you can do something as crucial as throw a grenade without, you know, having to move your fingers, um, that raises an interesting point. Here's my question with that, though. Everything I've ever done with voice control and connect, uh -huh. there's a bit of a delay regardless. Like, it'll – the things, like, you know, from, like, Netflix to The Sims 3 Pets that I just played, uh, it takes the time to register what you said. It tells you what you said, and then it does it. So if you're trying to, like, stick someone with a plasma grenade – if it's not like if you say grenade and it yeah. takes a second, you're gonna miss them. You're gonna miss that angle. So are are you anticipating this is gonna create some Halo Tourette's? So it's not um, it's not going to be an elegant or sophisticated interface. Rather, you'll be playing and like try and get the syllable out. I think as fast I think not even that, but just how long it takes a system to recognize what you said. Like mm -hmm. how critical can a reload be sometimes, you know? Oh, absolutely. Now, the, the other question that I have uh, to that point, and pardon me, guys, if I just yelled in your ears. <laughs> Great! Great! But, um, you know, you, you can only do so many things at once in Halo. Like, if you throw a grenade, it stops the animation of, yeah. um, you know, a melee or mm -hmm. a reload or so on and so forth. So my question would be, and I, I think I know the answer, um, is if you indeed yell grenade, can you be doing that or reloading uh, whilst you're doing something else That's a good that question. you would be doing with, uh, you know, your thumb otherwise? And I think the answer no. is no. I'm thinking that you, you are engaging a mechanic that then follows through with the um, sort of predetermined gameplay as it would be as if you pressed a button. One thing that I also see is kind of problematic with that is there's so much muscle memory associated with oh, using absolutely. the controller yep. like pretty much in any game like you you know where your fingers are and like you were saying like if you're in a situation where you need to immediately throw a plasma grenade to stick to somebody you know and you only have that brief second your finger is going to hit that trigger yeah you're going to be on that left trigger yeah you know chucking a grenade at somebody i think faster than i can look at it think and then say grenade i can already have hit the bumper exactly like you're gonna when that yeah when, when that situation arises you're going to be flicking your finger quicker than it would take okay well now I, my my brain's got to tell my mouth to yell grenade we'll have to put it to the test we'll do like yep, some yeah. uh private matchmaking where we take like 10 paces away from each other turn and like one person pulls the trigger and the other person yells grenade and we see who blows up first mm -hmm. i think it will be put the, it to the test that's right call it luck of the draw <laughs> So, so that's um, so that's interesting. And w one thing to note too, when um, 
when Microsoft and 343 originally announced that there would be connect integration with Halo Anniversary, uh, I th believe their quote, uh, and I'm paraphrasing here, was something to the effect of it will not change core gameplay. So the fact that you'll be using Connect to uh, do these things that I think are related to core gameplay, I would say that that's not necessarily the case. Like I think that you know if you're going to get in the habit of using voice commands to uh, operate core systems, that does affect core gameplay. So just a note. Uh, the other side of the um, <clears throat> the functionality for Connect is. Uh, in the single-player campaign, you'll be able to um, move your reticule over an object in the game, and you'll be able to scan it via using your voice to say "analyze," and it'll be over a grunt or a, you know, a weapon or a vehicle, and it will do sort of a, you know a, a data read like, and then all that data will be put into a. Uh, a repository called the library, and it's not the library you remember from uh, the original Halo and getting lost in. Um, so, <laughs> to, so thankfully that's good, um, and hopefully it's easier to uh, navigate than the library. But at any rate, once you go in to look at the content that you've scanned and stored, and you want to, you know, read up on it, you will then use gesture-based movements to sort of minority report your way through. Uh, and you can't see me in here, but I'm gesturing. I'm moving my hands. I'm he's, waving. He's waving. He looks just right. like Tom Cruise while he's doing that, too. I do, totally. I've got those, like, half gloves on. He's <laughs> actually standing up and doing the windmill with both arms. They're like finger gloves. He's going to knock a box <laughs> over. Um, so, so yeah. So, there's, so it looks like so far what they've announced is there's voice commands and gestures. So. And that sounds cooler to me. Like, I like the idea of the analyze mode and Yeah, the that's library. interesting. Like, I, th I think that makes much more sense than, you know, trying to yell grenade or reload. I mean, I think... Grenade! Analyze! <laughs> yeah. So then the question is, I mean, do we really need this stuff? Uh, is this something that 343 said, okay, you know, guys, we're, we're taking the Halo anniversary experience, and uh, we've got different technology at our disposal. Obviously, you know, you can toggle back and forth between the old graphics and the new graphics. You can see how things have changed in gaming. We also have this Kinect technology, um, and we should incorporate it in XYZ. Do you feel like they're... They're, they're taking that and they're using it because we need it? Or do you feel like this is, you know, and I certainly don't want to point any fingers at anybody, and I, you know, I have complete faith in 343. I love the guys to death. Um, but do you think this is possibly coming through Microsoft? Like, hey, you know, we've, you know, this is first party, this is exclusive, this is Microsoft Xbox 360, we've got Connect, find a way to use this. I mean, how does this read to you guys? Do you, do you feel like um, we really need this type of thing? think they're just looking for any avenue to integrate this new piece of hardware so that the people who own the piece of hardware don't feel like they're being ignored but at the same time every little time they announce something new with a tiny part of integration it's like does it really need to be done am i still getting screwed over by having spent 150 bucks on this motion sensor that i can now just yell grenade at and that's all it does Steven, on a level of uh, zero being uh, Bullet Witch and 10 being Batman Arkham City, where does this lie on the spectrum of how much we need it? Wait, Bullet Witch was, was a zero. Great game. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, Turok. Totally kidding. Whoa. Um, I would call it about maybe a six in terms of its actual necessity. I think it's a really cool ancillary thing to put onto the game. Do I think that, you know, when they were coming up with the in going through the design process of this game, do I think that they were like, oh, we really need to make sure that the Halo anniversary has Connect? No, I don't think so. I think that it, you know, probably came about from Microsoft's end saying like, okay, Halo's our 
big franchise. We need something that utilizes our big piece of hardware. Yeah. And, <laughs> Halo Plus Connect is a huge marketing beat for anyone. Right. And a note on that, you know, we're not trying to cry foul. There's nothing bad about or scurrilous oh. about, no. you know, 343 using Connect here. I guess my the sort of, I think the litmus test is. Uh, would you miss it if it wasn't there? Or rather, when you're playing it, if you don't use it, do you, are you going to feel like, you know, oh, fuck, I really wish it had this. Yeah. yeah. I mean, personally, I own a Kinect, and I plan on getting Anniversary Edition. Um, you plan on yelling won't. at your TV? No. Oh, well, oh. I yell at my TV anyway. All right. <laughs> you should see me play Dark Souls. It's, it's foul. <laughs> it's just completely foul. <laughs> Xbox. Netflix. <laughs> this never works. <laughs> if you need to yell it. Yeah. All right. Anyway, so that's that's uh, most of the Halo news. There were some uh, features announced that are going to change for Halo Waypoint in particular mm -hmm. as well. There's a um, a new app that um, unfortunately is only available for Windows uh, that is seven too bad. phones. Which yeah. I mean I I, I mean I get it. That kind of sucks. I mean I, you know uh, it's Microsoft and I get it and stuff. But I mean how many phones too? How many <laughs> how many more of us have? Uh, either you know an iOS or Android system uh, or driven phone yeah. that, that yeah. could have benefited from that. So yeah, but I mean maybe we'll see. I mean we'll see how maybe this is just a gauge. They're going to see how this this specific app performs on Windows Phone, um, see user response, and then maybe they'll consider porting it over to other devices. It's oh, possible. Oh, I'm sure it already exists for iOS and Android. I just think this is a marketing move. Yeah. I mean, I, it's possible. You you could be one hundred percent right. It just yeah. it would seem like an incredible oversight to not have it available yeah. for. I mean, I would probably say a very high percentage of Halo players have you know either an iOS or an Android phone. Yeah. Um, and m many fewer have um, you know no knock against the Windows phone. <laughs> they're actually right. really nice, but they're so just, what is they're just not what's the app all claiming to do? It basically is it has waypoint functionality. So I mean, okay. you can yeah, you know at any given time at, during the day you can look yeah. up your kill to death ratio, which is super important. That and you can also Still look at 2 maps in real time. Shut up! Like when you're fighting in matches, you can you're, you can see where the other players are. I believe that's how it works, right? No, I didn't say shut up to that. I said shut up to his oh. kill to death ratio being 2.1. Oh, it's, it's, oh. it's like 1.2 the other way around. Uh, so anyway, so you can what? You can check out heat maps. Is that what you said? Yeah, you can look at maps in real time. I'm not sure if you can see like enemy positions on that. Do you do you know that? Yeah, you mean I doubt it. Player maps? Yes, like in. Like, you mean you can log into... Real-time maps. Like, Waypoint and watch a game that's happening? I believe so. Whoa. Yeah. That would be, like, some crazy Matrix stuff. Uh, <laughs> as far as I understood it, I thought you were able to um, go on and, and surf, like, top clips and the kind of stuff that you can just see on Waypoint right now. So, we'll, we'll find out a little bit more about that. But, yeah. um, at any rate... It's kind of cool, and uh, Waypoint itself uh, is going to get a makeover, and that's uh, mm -hmm. that's going to be coming soon. So, cool. so that's lots of Halos, lots and of uh, Halo Anniversary comes out November fifteenth, so it's uh, under a month away. Uh, in fact, somebody I know just played it today, uh, and we're going to be able to talk about that. Um, when are we? When are we talking about that? Monday. We might be talking about that on Monday. You're tuning into IGN.com to read all about the Halos anniversaries this Monday. Exactly. You heard it here first, folks. All right, so what, what do we got next? What's going Let's on? Let's move on to Battlefield. Battlefield. Battlefield is a battlefield. They claim, quote, unquote, a couple of million pre-orders. Just a couple. You know, I mean, we're just going to throw a number around. <laughs> what is it, guys? I don't know. It's a couple, you know. It's, See, it's, a couple. It's couple a mil. A million. It's a My couple. wife and I always get into this because I'll be like, oh, I'm going to be a couple hours late. So she assumes two. <laughs> That's right. A couple, two well, yeah. hours. But That's then I'll show up four hours late, and she's like, where were you? I thought you were going to be a couple of hours late. <laughs> well, 
I was a few. It's gonna be a couple million hours. <laughs> I was a handful. So it let's see, fun. Gears. How many did that pre-order? Uh, like I don't two know. to three million, I don't right? Know what the pre-sales were? I know that it was uh, huge. The their first report, as far as what sold, was three million. I don't, okay. I don't know what the pre-orders were. But a couple of million already. If uh, all these pre-orders go through and people don't just throw off their five bucks or whatever they put down for pre-order, um, that's already hinting at a success sales-wise. Correct. No. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and um, what's interesting too here at the IGNs, we try and keep track of user interest, and I gotta say, like people are psyched for Battlefield Three. Like we put up a multiplayer trailer today, and um, it just went through the roof as far as people viewing it. Um, there's some good information on the maps that are going to ship with Battlefield Three, and then there's also a, sort of a, a quick look at some of the maps that come with the DLC that I always mispronounce. What's it called? Back to Karkand. Ba- what? <laughs> Back to Karkand. In Mother Karkand, like Battlefield Three, which is re- four <laughs> maps pulled out of Battlefield Two, six years old. Whoa! Still a lot of people playing Battlefield Two. Wow. I must say I've been uh, steaming it up on Battlefield 2, polishing up some old PC skills. Yeah? And there's still a lot of people playing. Same with Battlefield 1943 on Xbox Live. Same with Bad Company 2. People love them some old Battlefields. Yeah, they do. Um, Speaking of which, uh, in the latest NPD numbers, uh, Call of Duty Black Ops was still on the top 10 list. What the hell, people? That game's been out forever. They're still buying it. It's amazing. I know we're talking about (laughs) Battlefield here for right now. Um, So anyway, for those of you that did watch the multiplayer trailer, um, we didn't go too in-depth on the rest of the maps that we already know about and have seen. But you guys probably read what I wrote about the initial impressions about some of the story and um, the videos we had about the two maps, Grand Bazaar and (sighs) Operation Firestorm. The big, open, sexy, tank, jet, helicopter map. Um, But the rest of the maps are pretty awesome, too. If you'll notice at the end of the trailer, you see a whole team of players rushing the edge of a cliff to base jump. Um, that's the final step before the final rush point of a map called Damavand Peak, um, which is an awesome map. The defenders are holding um, a lower altitude position, and the attackers are coming down from the hills. So the whole thing is like this long progression down through this mountain valley where the attackers are always have the high ground and the defenders always have the low ground. And the final step is super low ground because you're so far below where everyone's jumping off and parachuting down or helicoptering in. It was hilarious because we we had finished, we had just lost the points on um, one of the rounds I played on the second to last rush point. And so when I respawned, um, I ended up at the very last base. And I was looking around as where the hell is the opposing team? And I finally, like, after I was running around the base trying to check all the corners, learn the map a little bit, and I finally look up, and I just see these three guys parachuting in above me, and it's just like skeet shooting at that point. <laughs> you, like, just pull a weapon and start taking them out of the sky. It was amazing. But it's uh, a very cool map, along with, um, I don't have all the names in front of me, but there's one set at uh, a harbor, which has a lot of, like, it's an old train line on one side and all these... Um, little walkways down into the water and all these cranes and big warehouse facilities. So there's a lot of lines of sight for snipers and tanks that roll around in the open. Um, And the whole thing just gets blown apart in a a fantastically battlefield way where you think you're running for cover. You go hide in a building and suddenly you turn around, a cloud of smoke appears and there's no wall there anymore. Yes. Like that good old (laughs) stuff. Um, And you guys probably, well, maybe it never came to Xbox, but Caspian Border is another huge... um, open jet map which the pc beta testers got to play with for the last couple days of the beta um there is also a 
another Paris map called the Sign Canals, which is a lot of tight quarters, kind of marketplace. It's a offhand. I, I only played, got a few minutes with that one, but it reminded me a lot already of Grand Bazaar, which we've talked about and shown video of. And the reason we didn't go too in depth with these was because we didn't have any video and not too much to show you guys. And I think at this point, everyone's just kind of clamoring to get their hands on the final thing. Right. I know we are around here and we will be soon and telling you guys all about the final product. Absolutely. In as fact, soon as we can. The game comes out uh, next Tuesday on it's the like 25th. Six days from now. Yeah. So it's crazy. So uh, we are uh, reviewing the game and we can't say specifically when the review will come out, but it will be uh, here before the game comes out. Before the so, game comes out, so yes. So stay tuned. We'll actually have an announcement on that uh, as pretty, soon as we can. Pretty, pretty soon here. Yeah. So. Cool guys. Next yeah. up, cool guys. Cool guys. <laughs> cool guys. Next up, cool guys. Next up, we got lots of cool guys. Devil May Cry HD Collection was announced for Xbox 360 and PS3 this week. Um, it takes the first three games of the Devil May Cry series uh, one, two, and three Dante's Awakening. Mm. And uh, ports them over to HD. Um, what are you guys? Are you guys big Devil May Cry fans? I only played, played the first one, but I played the hell out of the first one. Nice. I rather enjoyed it. There was no hell left in it. <laughs> all, <laughs> all hell was. When I walked out of that was. out of that mansion, <laughs> I think it was a mansion. It was a crazy property with all those bad guys. There was no bad hell dudes. left. Very bizarre game. Yeah. Super fun. Um, well, what do you guys think of this? Um, a lot of HD collections are coming out left and right. Uh, they just did Splinter Cell. Um, mm -hmm. There have been Prince of Persia. There's the Team Ico mm -hmm. collection that just came out. Ico. Ico. My bad. Um, I'm, a, I'm an Xbox guy. I think it's great, <sighs> frankly. We had this discussion last week about if the new Xbox is going to have backwards compatibility mm -hmm. and this is one way around that so that players who maybe you know there's kids growing up now who their first system is going to be this next xbox and they're not going to be able to play anything we've played so far and especially not anything before that so it's kind of a great way to get a new look at a classic game that's true but i mean it's one thing to to bring over those experiences over to a new platform for a new audience mm -hmm. which is you know what i think what team eco did um, with their with their series, but a lot of times it kind of feels like these are just cheaply made, um, just quick attempts at a cash in. Um, what was it, the uh, uh, Resident Evil Four and Code Veronica right. um, ports that just came through? You know, those weren't even ported all the way up to HD. They were barely, you know, upscaled. Right, and th that was the case with a couple of the uh, Splinter Cell games too. Yeah. With the collection. Yeah. I mean, I think it might be a little harsh to just say they're just cheap cash-ins um I, I mean i think that there is some appeal and uh certainly a lot of fun to be had for people who never had a chance to to play the games in the first place um for people who don't have older systems like a dreamcast to play codename veronica although that one feels like a big miss as far as like they didn't change the controls and your characters still control like tanks and um <laughs> i think that they could have updated on that level um i'll be curious to see sort of what the treatment is if it's just sort of up -resed, graphics then i don't know i mean I, yeah and i don't know if devil may cry is necessarily the series that is no. de demanding you know a uh, a revisit <laughs> i'm not saying i'm not taking anything away from it um i you know i I, think... I personally didn't like the second one um the third one was so difficult that yeah it was um, really tough yeah i mean it was it's a good game 
Um, I really liked uh, Devil May Cry 4, even though, like, once you took over as Dante, um, you had to basically replay the first half of the, of the game again yeah. and play all the bosses again, and it was a little repetitive. Yeah. Those games are really fun, but <clears throat> I, I think all in all, it's nice to see um, games that people really love uh, be revisited so that, um, you know, if you're 12 right now and you weren't even alive when it came out in the first place, uh, you can have a chance to check something out that you might hear people talk about all the time and just not have access to. The timing's a little weird, though, because they are trying to reboot the franchise. They are. Like, with a whole new why look. Is, and... Why is that weird timing? I mean, if well, people I mean, are talking about it, then... Yeah, that's true. Not to, not to sound cynical, but, I mean, is it just kind of a marketing ploy, then, to get... To, to readapt these games. Man, and put you're them out? just a curmudgeon. I'm <laughs> Why does everything have to have an angle? I mean, well, of course it is. And, yeah. and maybe it is, uh, you know. Um, and let, let's be honest, most of these companies don't sit back and say, what can we do for the fans that, you know, <laughs> will we'll, 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 forget you know, about our profits, forget about <laughs> our and, benefits. And un unlock listeners, this is how people talk when these in these back rooms when they're making deals. What can we do to make You can only imagine how many monocles are in those rooms, too. <laughs> monocles, Top hats. So many. Yeah. That's right. Um, I mean, I'm sure there's, you know, it's a combination of a lot of stuff that's going on. Um, I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing. I mean, if we've got if we've got more games coming out that we want to play, then hey, I'm a fan for that. I mean, yeah. the the question we should all be asking ourselves with any of this stuff is, are there achievements? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I'd say most definitely. Yeah. Achievements There's and a I, lot of achievements out there. I will say that um, Xbox, for whatever reason, got the better end of the deal with the Resident Evil collection. We got a thousand. Um, a thousand points of achievements per game, mm -hmm. which is interesting. I mean, they are games on demand, yeah. um, but typically for a downloadable game, you don't get the full 1,000. But being that they're games on demand, then that's great. Uh, PlayStation owners didn't get a platinum trophy, which is... Really? Yeah, which, you know, that's their big boon, you know? Yeah. Sure. Um, and most people who have played Resident Evil 4 a bunch of times would be able to platinum it, um, although yeah. playing it on the higher difficulty is tough, but... I, you know. I personally know at least 10 people who love that game and would have no trouble doing that so yeah it's a real so, shame that it's a bummer yeah so like colin moriarty and greg <laughs> they were pissed because yeah, that was definitely <laughs> yeah. when they saw it because you know there's it, no need for them to play it now. if you're if you're trophy farming or you know in our case uh uh you know trying to goose your gamer score and get all the achievements mm -hmm. um it's really nice to have a, a game come out where you're like hey this is gonna be really fun and i'll be able to play this game again that's really great and get a lot of achievements in the process so so, so we we won. We did it, guys. Yay. Kind of on that. I mean, we talked previously about Crisis and yeah. it showing up on Games on Demand and being kind of an interesting halfway game between, mm -hmm. you know, Xbox Live Arcade and an actual full-blown retail release. Um, they did the same thing with the Devil May Cry, or sorry, the uh, um, Resident Evil remakes. Yep. And uh, also Death Smiles 2, when that actually came out, it was available through Games on Demand. Uh, all of those games um, have you know, 1,000 gamer points that you can get, a full gamer score. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it just kind of, the question would be then, like, is Games on Demand, like, really kind of coming into its own as a platform? I mean, you have full-blown retail releases that you can fully download onto your system. And, um, you know, you have games that are only available through that, through that service. Know, what do you guys think? Absolutely. 100%. I think it's on its way. Well, yeah. I mean, coming into its own, I think, is, is what you said. So, and yeah. yes, I think it is. I mean, um, 
a couple years ago, we just didn't have this type of content, where now what we're starting to see is a trend uh, that once a game has been out for three months, six months, it's seen its sort of retail price reduction, it's seen sales, um, it's already been a game that's hit and sort of cooled on the used market. We're starting to see games actually follow a cycle where you know, I, I remember seeing Force Unleashed 2 just popped up on Games of Demand. That's a full game that, you know, months before it, we would have all gone out and paid yeah. our fifty nine ninety nine for. Now, mm -hmm. all of a sudden, you can download it for, uh, and I don't know what it's going for right now, but we're seeing that uh, um, really broadly uh, mm -hmm. with a lot of games, you know, big retail uh, games. And in particular, uh, a popular genre is the sports games. I have noticed that there's um, there's no shortage of sports games on, on Games on Demand. So, yeah. Just interesting. I, I mean, I, I think that we would probably be safe to assume that give it another couple years and um, we're going to start to see that be the forerunner, um, uh, the, the, the thing that is really chipping away at the retail market because you can just download games. So yeah. it's, it's going to take a while handy, for that whole easy. process to happen. Though. Yeah, so that's true. Anyways. All right, guys. Shall we is move it? on to email? Email. <laughs> Email time. First up is uh, Mark Shallow. Mark loves the show. He's a recovering PlayStation fanboy, 1999 through 2011. Wow, that's, that's, a, that's a long time. Hi, Mark. Isn't that what you say it like in an anonymous <laughs> right. meeting? Hi, Mark. Hi, Mark. My name is Mark, and I used to be a PlayStation fanboy. Acceptance is the first step to recovery. Exactly. <laughs> Mark, yeah. So there you go. Oh, Sony's hold over my gaming choices gave away a few months back when I bought a 360 on a whim. Since then, I've enjoyed many exclusives like Gears, Mass Effect, and Bastion. But the real question is about Halo. Do I need to play Halo 1 and or 2 to enjoy Halo 3 and ODST? I played Reach, and despite the fact that it's a prequel, I felt a little lost story-wise. I'm not really into multiplayer, so story and gameplay are what I'm after. That's a tough call, because for me, the Halo series is about multiplayer. We, I, I have an admission to make, and everyone, please bow your heads for a minute, moment. Uh, I haven't beaten Reach. I've not beaten Halo Reach, but I've put hours and hours into the multiplayer. For shame. Um, okay. Halo 2, I also did not beat. What? Same case, hours and hours in the multiplayer. Wait, that wait, being said... Wait, it's okay if you haven't beaten Halo Reach. You haven't beaten Halo... Where did you leave off in Halo 2? And why didn't you beat it? I don't know. I just played the multiplayer. Peter, why, why did you, even you play finish it? the fight? I, I did. Spoiler, you get to play as... Well, I'm not going to say <laughs> <laughs> I actually knew that. That's where I, around where I, uh, it all went downhill. Uh, so I say no. I mean, Halo 1, maybe. Just so you have some setup to the universe, you get an introduction to mm -hmm. Mr. Cheeps, Master Mr. Chief. <laughs> That's right, Mr. Cheeps. That's what my son calls him. Um, <laughs> okay. You I, know a little bit about the Spartans based on that, and you know the aliens and roughly what a whole why it's called Halo. Right. Yeah, and now is actually a really good time to get into Halo 1 because Anniversary Edition yeah. comes out next month. Absolutely. But I'm going to harshly disagree with you, Peter. Um, first of all, because his question is he says he doesn't like multi multiplayer and he's looking for story and gameplay. So I would say absolutely. I mean, the, the good news is uh, whether it be with Halo Anniversary coming out here in November um, or just being able to go pick up Halo 2 on the cheap, I mean, you can play, you can get your hands on these games and play them uh, for relatively little um, expense. And, uh, you know, Halo's story is, um, how should we say? 
it's <laughs> uh, it's something. It's it's a, I mean, it's a good story on a video game level in that um, it does it, it serves the dual purpose of driving gameplay forward, which is important in a video game, uh, and then it has this long and twisted narrative with you know ten thousand millennium years of uh, backstory between the forerunners and the covenant and so on and so forth. And I like that. I do I'm, too. I'm gonna I, I'm gonna chime in and uh, and save and keep Halo story wise from being bullied. <laughs> I, I do really, really enjoy the Halo story. I, I, I love the idea of this covenant, this, you know, group of aliens coming together and just raining terror on humanity. So now, not not to besmirch, you know, your love of multiplayer. I mean, if you love a multiplayer game, how many people out there actually go out and buy Call of Duty and they don't even play the single player campaign? They just want to play the multiplayer, and that's fine. We all know what we like. They just want a public forum for racial slurs. There's that too, but you know, let's not encourage these people, Peter. So at any <laughs> rate, uh, Mr. <laughs> Mr. Shallow. Um, Mr. Mark, in answer to your question, I would say definitely go back and play Halo if you've just bought an Xbox and you haven't played those. I think you're in for a treat. It's a lot of fun. Um, I completely 100% agree with Steven. I would wait for Halo Anniversary to come out because you're going to be able to play it um, and enjoy sort of the, the more high-fidelity pre presentation, um, uh, which you may be more used to if you haven't uh, been sort of following along since it came out. I, I think if you played the original Halo now, it might look and come off as a little dated, which I mm -hmm. think Anniversary will absolutely address. And Halo 2, uh, for all the hate that it garners, I really liked the campaign for Halo 2. I mean, people, so did I. You know, people are so love and hate when it comes to innov innovation, right? Like if, if something yeah. doesn't innovate enough, people are like, oh, God, it was boring. It was exactly like it, the last one. But then all of a sudden, if they do something completely different, like mm. Ace Combat that just came out, like people have been giving that game crap because, oh, it's not a true Ace Combat game. They tried something different. They made it, <laughs> they made it cinematic and fun. <laughs> Heaven forbid. How dare you. So at any rate, I, I think that the two main gripes against Halo 2 was the switch over in, in your main character POV and then in the end, you know, the, the notion of we're going to finish the fight. Oh, and then there's the credits. Um, <laughs> it's feeling a little bit like it, it didn't actually end. Um, and some people just say Halo 3 was, you know, the intended ending of Halo 2. But we won't get into that. M Mark, play those games you like them. Oh, side note on that, though. ODST is a great standalone story. I feel oh, like absolutely. where you don't need to know that much yeah. about the universe. It's just a solid little mystery. And I really like how they tie the stories together with little yeah. bits and thingamabobs and yep. mysteries. Sounds, Highly recommend. It's almost a little noir. And mm. if you, if you do find yourself getting into the Halo universe, um, once you play anniversary edition ODST and you're really looking for, you're really looking to get more keen into the backstory. I would recommend checking out Halo Wars as well. If you're into uh, strategy games at all. Because that has some some cool little backstory details on the Halo universe. Yep. But no going into it. I mean, uh, and for everybody that's rolling their eyes at us that, you know, eats and sleeps and drinks Halo, um, <laughs> sorry just to say this, but for somebody who might not know, Halo Wars is a real-time strategy game. It's not right. first person, um, so it's a completely different presentation. So, um, And if I'm reading this email correctly, um, it sounds like you haven't even played Halo 3. Um, Halo 3 is amazing. I would definitely say, uh, you know, make sure you play all these games. Halo 3 is so much fun. I loved Halo 3. So I, I'm not sure if I'm reading that correctly or not, if you have or you haven't played it. It looks like you've already played Reach at the very least. So, yeah. Anyways, there you go, Mark. We love you. Love you, Mark. Okay, this next question is from Anki Sunrise. Dear Unlockables, I'm starting to think ahead on Mass Effect 3. Specifically, I have several Shepard playthroughs. Different classes, different genders, renegades, and paragons. And I don't remember what they've all done. Maybe I should replay 1 and 2 to make the decisions now that I think are right in hindsight. My question is, do you think it'll matter? 
The trick with the Mass Effect choices is that they haven't mattered much. Mass Effect 2 played pretty much the same way whether you shot name redacted or not, or whether names redacted died. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to say. Just in case there's anyone listening who uh, hasn't gotten there yet, it's pretty awesome shit. So yes. I'm, I'm going to leave that silent. Do you think Mass Effect 3 will cheat the choices the same way? It would be great if it didn't, if your previous choices could doom the universe. It'd be gutsy if at the end of the game someone basically said, hey, you know it would come in handy, and then more stuff that would possibly give stuff away. Which is a hilarious thought, I think. No, it's... I totally agree with you. And I think the, the way the characters have carried over is it's, it's more subtle than a major narrative plot point that you're either going to create or walk away from. But I think specifically, without giving away the end of Mass Effect 2, there's so many things that can change in how you handle that last mission and who walks out of there alive yeah. with you that I think it's really going to, depending on what happened there for you, um, paint the landscape of 3 and where 3 begins and what happens in 3. Yeah. Um, so I think in this case, it basically because of the gravity of the final mission of Mass Effect 2, um, it could have a much higher impact than the one-to-one, one-to-two uh, transition. Yeah, I have a really good feeling about Mass Effect 3. I think that Bioware, they've been pretty much set on the idea of finality mm -hmm. for this game. Um, so I think stuff's going to go balls to the wall. <gasps> Enki, your, your, uh, your question about someone basically said, you know, it would come up, you know, it would come in handy. Uh, I'm not going to say the rest, <laughs> but you know what I'm talking about. I think that would be fucking fantastic. If I would that love happened. to hear that, yeah. And <laughs> I have a feeling that, you know, it very well could. I mean, time will tell on, on Mass Effect 3 storyline, but I have a good feeling that BioWare is going to steer it in the right direction. And for the other, you know, tens of thousands of people who are listening to this podcast right now, <laughs> don't worry about what we're talking about, okay? Yeah, Cause just don't worry. Just, just don't worry about it, because we're going to move on right now. That's <laughs> yeah, Nunya. Nunya business. Okay, Steven Atlanta says, Hi, guys. So I see a lot of news about Minecraft coming to the 360. Can anyone on the Unlocked team explain what this game is about? Something to do with building things out of dirt and 3D 8-bit graphics and massively addictive gameplay, apparently. Thanks, and bleep, bloop, bleep, bloop. Okay, so here's Minecraft. It's basically like Legos, and mm -hmm. you can uh, build pretty much whatever you want. You need to have a place to uh, stay when it's dark outside, otherwise you will be attacked by things. Um, that's, you know, in a nutshell what the game is. And if you go online onto YouTube, um, it, you just put in Minecraft and just put in, like, I don't know, crazy shit or something, and you will find <laughs> that people spend a ton of time making stuff in Minecraft. Yeah. So that said, Minecraft has been announced to be coming to the 360. Um, we're going to have some details on that coming out of MineCon, which is uh, in November. I believe it's November 18th. I'd have to look and verify. Yeah. But um, so, yeah, so the first ever Minecraft convention, which is kind of crazy if you think about it, uh, you know, the game itself hasn't even come out. <laughs> it's already sold millions and millions of copies. It's still in beta. And we have our first convention dedicated to Minecraft. So uh, suffice to say, uh, there's tons of interest in this game. Um, if you want to learn about it and even play something that is a close approximation of it, uh, there is a game right now on uh, the X box live indie game indie games channel indie games indie game channel. channel sorry xblg xblg uh, it's, it's, it's called fortress craft and it's 160 microsoft points which is two bucks 
and uh, our own Anthony Gallegos, um, IGN's resident uh, Minecraft hound, um, has played that and has even said that spending as much time as he had with Minecraft, that Fortress Craft has made some improvements on the Minecraft model, which you know should be expected to a degree. You know, anytime you've spent some time with something, then you model something after it. It's easy to sort of figure out, hey, this would be better if I did this and this. So, <laughs> uh, so <clears throat> I've heard nothing but really great things about Fortress Craft. Uh, so, if two bucks, you can check it out right now on um, on Xbox and see for yourself what is all about. Yeah, awesome. Daniel Archilla asks a quick question with more that's what he writes with more xbox 360 games coming on multiple discs why can't developers take a page out of the forza formula and allow a gamer to install the content of the extra discs but only require disc one to be in the disc drive to play the game seems to make sense if you have the hard drive space and would prevent gamers from having to swap discs your thoughts I think in a perfect world, that's that would be awesome. Mm -hmm. Just get it all out of the way. Um, but I, I come from a pedigree of like disc one of ten, like a five and a half floppy disc back oh. in the adventure game days. Where oh, like, yeah. Please insert disc three of ten. And that was annoying. But we're much more in a day and age where even swapping discs at all is pretty spread out. But I think in the case of Forza, it's a matter of what is being installed. I'm pretty sure... From that content pack, it's only installing a bunch of car models onto your hard drive. And then the disc you're playing of on is reading, you know, specific, the set tracks that you already, um, that you're just going to run these cars that are installed through. So it, it only has to read X amount of data off disc one to use what you've installed. But whereas in an adventure game like Mass Effect 2 or L.A. Noire, it's, it's rendering these whole new worlds and locations and dialogues and stories that you can't just use, like, um, you know, like a blueprint of the Citadel from, you know, disc one to run, like load in all these other characters. I mean, I, I'm kind of guessing here on a limb, but Forza is a very specific type of game where once the engine's up and running, it's doing one very specific type of thing. Whereas these other games that are going onto multiple discs are utilizing it in a whole different way and a much more expansive way that spans many more hours that aren't just um, driving around the track. Yeah, and I mean, it, it's an interesting conversation because uh, we were talking about this earlier. Uh, on one hand, you've got, uh, I mean, t take a completely separate example. You've got Rage, which uh, shipped on three discs, mm -hmm. and that's published by Bethesda. And then you've got Skyrim, which is coming out, um, arguably a much larger game, uh, and that's going to ship on one disc. Yeah. So mm -hmm. uh, there's some, you know, coding, ninjury, and wizardry that's happening somewhere. So... Um, you know, w whereas, uh, you know, one developer, obviously Bethesda Software or, uh, you know, Bethesda Studios, Game Studios, um, they're the ones that did Skyrim or are doing Skyrim and then uh, id did Rage. So mm -hmm. somewhere someone made a decision to say, okay, we're going to need this much space and so on and so forth. So so I don't know. I mean, um, I, I think if, if you asked any developer, uh, what would you prefer to do? I think they would all say, have all my content on one disc yeah. just because it's yeah. easiest. But I, I think that, um, you it's know. cheaper from a manufacturing standpoint, too. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. For them, it's their bottom line. And, you know, a couple a couple of things on this, too. Like, developers are getting better at, you know, optimizing the hardware when it comes to these multiple disc games. Mm -hmm. I mean, you look at something like Rage and its optional hardware install, like where you can install, you know, the game onto your hard drive and get the benefit of, you know, improved performance and better textures and stuff. Same thing that we've seen with 
you know, Battlefield 3 coming down the way. The, yeah, that's what we've heard. The optional HD installation. So, I mean, developers are slowly beginning to figure it out. They're, you know, learning the ins and outs of the hardware and figuring out what they can and can't do in terms of installing things onto the hard drive. So, I mean, I think we'll, we'll see a lot more of that optimization in the future. And eventually, who knows, maybe we can see a, a single disc day when that's all we have to have in our <laughs> console at any given time. Just one disc. It's one a dream. disc. Yay. The one disc dream. How are we doing on time? Uh, we're doing pretty good on time. We have time for one more, though. Let's just do one. Let's okay. do it. Let's do it. Let's go. Emmy Longfur. Hi, like Emmy. To know. Hi, Emmy. Quick conversational question for you. Who are your favorite voice actors to have appeared in recent games? For me, it's that guy who says Slayer at the no, beginning how of every... No, what does he say? Slayer. Better. Whoa. Oh, my gosh. You did that really good. That Thank was you. good. <laughs> I've, I've heard how it about a few times. Lost the Lead? Lost the Lead. <laughs> Casey Lynch lost the lead. Triple kill. That's all I ever hear. <laughs> Killtacular. <laughs> Killionaire. Killionaire. I like that one. That's a good one. That's a very uh, good one. Um, so awesome. So where do you... Where do you <laughs> we're just going to be distracted with Halo voiceovers. <laughs> um, what are, what are some of, who are some of your, your favorite voiceover uh, actors? Personally, I love Nolan North. Everything he does is great. He um, does everything now as well. He does everything. He's Colin Moriarty. Um, so for those of you scoring at home, who the heck is Nolan North? Nolan North does the voice of Nathan Drake on Uncharted. He also did the voice of the Prince in the Prince of Persia game that came out, was that 2008? He also did, in the Call of Duty zombie maps, the voice of Richtofen, That's true. the German. Yep. Oh. Yep. And most recently, you can hear Mr. North in batman arkham city oh damn as the penguin well and it's crazy when you hear his voice he doesn't sound anything like yeah he's a personality yeah he has like a very chameleon kind of signature voice vocal chameleon whoa yeah slayer i just created a job title for someone (laughs) put that on your resume nolan north vocal chameleon now speaking of batman and voiceover i mean uh we can't uh go on without mentioning mark hamill I mean, Amazing. he's the voice of the Joker. Um, I mean, Mark mm-hmm. Hamill, everybody loves him. It's Luke. But, uh, I mean, the work that he's done sort of precedes himself uh, with the Joker. But he turns in an uh, incredible performance in uh, Arkham City. So, Yep. Um, Woot. Yeah, it's a, a wonderful progression from his work on Batman the Animated Series, which I thought was awesome. I love that show. Such a great show. And, yeah. Lovely. And that'll do it for email, everybody. Email. So we have a contest winner. What? No way. Somebody won. In last week's podcast, we offered a copy of Forza 4. You just had to email us. And our winner for the Forza 4 contest is... I was going to do a drum roll, but I couldn't find it. I was going to hit the mic. I was going to hit the table. I didn't know what to do. Drum roll. There you go. Perfect. Roll your tongue. Ryan Fennell from Dubuque, Iowa. You have won a copy of Forza 4. And we will put it in the mail. Congratulations, soon. Ryan. Congratulations, Ryan. Forza Motorsport Four. And let, let me just say, um, we got bazillions of yeah. people. Thank you guys in, so. for the interest. Yes. so many. So, and to that point, though, stop emailing us about Forza. Yeah, it's so. over. <laughs> it is over. Now, hey guys, real quick, um, I gotta, I gotta go. What? Um, okay. Yeah. So I have to go to a meeting real quick. So I love everybody, and uh, thanks oh. for listening. High fives. And um, yeah, I'll be back on next week. We love you, and too. And so you guys can finish up. Bye, and, Casey. Um, email? We got this, man. Email. Take it easy, Casey. Okay. Okay. 
And this week we're having another contest. Yes. We, want you to we have so many things to give you guys. So many things. We just got to get them off our desks. Uh, send us your favorite element of the Gears of War franchise. Basically, you know, what do you like? Do you like head stomping, horde, horde mode, or anything can like I, that? Can I make a prediction? Make a prediction. I think 90% of our entries are going to be chainsaw on a gun. Chainsaw on a gun. I love that. The Lancer. It's good Lancer. shit. It's good shit. Uh, let us know, and you can win a cop or not a copy. <coughs> Excuse me. You can win a resin statue of Thrashball Cole from Gears of War 3. Uh, just go ahead and send us your favorite elements from the Gears of War franchise to unlocked at IGN.com. And send your questions to that exactly. email as well. Exactly. Send along your questions. Make sure to keep them short and sweet so the, that we can The resin the statue, is, it's pretty badass. It's like, what, about a foot tall? Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's a decent size, so... Uh, Look nice, like, look nice on your shelf. It's a bit like the one of, uh, of uh, Marcus Phoenix that they put That came with the collector's edition, yeah. Yeah, the uh, epic edition. Epic edition. Epic Correct. Edition. But yeah, so have those in to us. And conversely, you can hit us up on Twitter at Unlocked, at P. Eichmann's, at Lynchtacular, at IGN, and myself at Stephen underscore Hopper. Stephen, I think I'm going to just take this away from you right now. I think it's your turn to lay out a meta achievement for the week. Ah, shit. Yeah. It's, okay. This just got real. Shit did just get real. All right. For our meta achievement, <laughs> send us a game that you want, or rather, send us a franchise that you want put into an HD collection for your Xbox Series. Good one. I like it. Yeah. So have those to us, and that is a meta achievement for how many points, Peter? Ten. Ten. All they have to do is send us a word, you know? We've asked for pictures in the past. We've asked Mm -hmm. for dressing up. We've asked for all kinds of stuff, but this is just an opinion. Okay, good. Ten points. Ten points. And let us know, um, if you guys enter this one, hit us up with... uh, uh, in this entry, we'd like to. I'd, I'm kind of curious to know how many points people have accrued since we've started uh, putting up a meta achievement. I want to know what people's gamer scores are. Yeah. Fake, virtual, not actually for any real anything gamer score from listening to the podcast. That'd be good stuff to know. Yeah. So awesome. Thank you, everyone, so much for listening. Thank you, Peter. Thank you, Casey. Wherever you may be. Wherever you may be. Wherever. In our may. hearts. He's in the wind. At this point. In the wind and in our hearts. He's in the wind in our hearts. <laughs> our windy hearts are filled with cases. <laughs> All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. Bleep, bloop. Suck your chode. <coughs> what happened? What? You were singing about sucking your chode. I don't know. Like you sucking your own chode? Went there. Or maybe? I don't, I don't know. I don't know what you're talking about. I wasn't here. Sing it again. Oh, Cindy, suck my chode. See, there. Uh, <laughs> Who's it's this like a Cindy? nervous tick. No, it's like Groundhog's Day. It just it's like going. a very sensual tick. <laughs> now that was a sensual tick. That was a tick of sense. <laughs>